Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, uh, road to growth listeners. Today I have uh, Christine Hansen. All right. Thank you, Christine, for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, all right. So I've had a lot of uh, coaches on the platform. And so something I started to do as I've had more and more coaches on this platform is the first question I dive deep into it. What separates you <laughs> from other coaches? Yeah, I heard you ask that and it made me smile because it's, it's for me, it's the simplest answer in the world because I seriously don't believe in competition because there's nobody like me. There's nobody like you. So when I have someone freaking out, one of my clients, for example, like someone else has done this. It's like I, my favorite example is taking like MLM. You have loads of people selling exactly the same stuff with exactly the same materials. And yet some click with with some and some don't click with others. And that's my whole kind of way of doing my business. Like I'm either your cup of tea and if not, that's totally cool, you know, so you know, otherwise we wouldn't work together anyway. So hence, there's no, what makes me unique is that of all these people in this, on the planet, there's really no one like me, <laughs> which is a good thing, obviously. Well, well, one thing that I, I picked up more and more as I asked that question um, from the different coaches was the idea that when they look for their own coach in the past, it was find someone that's gone down the path that you actually want to go down. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. I also work with coaches who really don't have a business structure that I ever want. Um, but uh, yes, it's something that I do want to learn from them. So they have to be at a similar or at a higher level in a way. But that could be, that doesn't always have to be financial. Um, it could be that they are in personal development a little bit further or they know something that I don't, you know, and very often I work with more than one coach. I might work with one on strategy and I work with another one on personal development. So it really depends on what I'm looking for. So, I mean, again, there's a, such a variety of, uh, of coaches out there and you're talking about, okay, let me take a nugget from this person over here. Let me take a nugget from this person. <laughs> How do you know they have that nugget or they have the ability to give you that nugget that you're hoping for? Honestly, you really don't. And I had really bad experiences, like um, seriously, as in having to sign a non-disclosure agreement to get my money back and things like that, which I now wouldn't do again. I would call them out on their bullshit, like on all different channels. But when you, especially in the beginning, um, I find, you know, a lot of people go into business, specifically in online business, and they never knew about it. They know their expertise, they know their niche, but what they don't know is marketing. And there is really good marketing online. There is awesome copywriting, there's tons of testimonials, and it's so seducing. And in the beginning, you believe it. I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, it's like, there's no reason why you shouldn't trust these people. And that can blind you fairly quickly. I find as you go down the road, you're like, oh yeah, this is this person's script. This is that person's script. Oh, I know that this is a Russell Branson kind of style, you know, and you kind of know where you start to be like, yeah, maybe not. Um, I have to say the more I see uniqueness in the way someone communicates and also sometimes the simpler they do it, the more I respect it rather than the all flashy 5,000 click funnel kind of things, you know, that's not my style anymore. 
Um, so, but it's a learning curve. It really, it really is. And one of my missions is actually to inform people what to look out for sometimes, you know, and to be patient. I find a lot of the time it's all about getting results super quickly and it just doesn't happen that way. <laughs> it really doesn't. What, what do you mean uh, in form of what they should look out for? Is that more so in business and finding a coach or what does it look for? Yeah. Depends, like very often in what they should invest in. Um, you know, it doesn't, I find the more expensive something sometimes gets, the more it promises results that just cannot always be, you know, reached. Let's say there's someone who promises you the perfect framework for a digital course, right? And they do, they teach you exactly how to set it up. But the most important thing that they don't teach you is that you actually need a certain audience that knows about you, that at least knows that you exist. And I see things like that in different shapes and forms happening all the time, where people are new, they are excited, a little bit nervous, and then they see all these testimonials, you know, and the skyrocketing kind of promise. And they just don't have the foundation yet. They wouldn't even be able to handle all of that flooding in. And so it those are things that kind of break my heart sometimes, I have to be honest. Well, you, you brought it up a second ago, and then you brought up a, again about testimonials and reviews and things like that. When I've noticed it over, over the years that I think when people have a bad experience, they don't always put that information out there. Yeah. And I was before I got into to real estate, I always thought that the words were if you have uh, a bad experience with someone, they're going to tell 10 of their friends. If you have a good experience, they might tell one of their friends. But it almost seems like that first part of even telling people when they have a bad experience really goes by the wayside for the most part. Why do you think that is? There's one word and it's shame. Um, because very often you did it, you made an investment, right? And you believed and you failed. So a lot of times I feel when I talk to people, it's like, you know, everyone else seemed to, you know, have had success. I was the only stupid person who didn't manage to do this, you know, yeah. so I must, it must be my mistake. Or, you know, I, I took this loan even, I took a business loan to get this done and I failed. So it's this deep, deep shame and then self-sabotage that comes in afterwards because you don't trust yourself anymore. And it can be really traumatic. It can be really, really, really traumatic. And so this that is what I, I really like to talk about it, to call out on sometimes. And I think that's, it doesn't matter whether you are a beginner in business or whether you're more seasoned. I find when you're more seasoned, you start to, to analyze a little bit more and know whether it was truly because you didn't do the work or whether it was because the premise was missing. And I feel then you also start to call people out and be a little bit more firm, but specifically in the beginning, it's very difficult. So is it, is it basically self-confidence that you knew that you did everything you could and then it didn't yeah. happen or okay. That and also, just knowing what is out there, you know, what the different pieces are and knowing what, I unfortunately, and that is why clients hire us as coaches very often is because we did all the experiences, all the failures before. So we kind of also know what is possible. When you start in the beginning, you don't know what to expect, you know, what is normal, um, what is normal behavior, what are deliverables. Now, when I hire someone, I'm really firm and I say, you know, I do expect some results that before we sign anything or before I sign anything, I'm, I want to know what can I, what I can expect. Obviously it depends if it's personal development, 
it's different to, difficult to measure. But other things you can measure, and you are absolutely in the right to have a minimum of KPIs, let's say, or key performance indicators before you enter into that transaction. I think in the beginning, I wouldn't have had the courage to do that, and I wouldn't have known what to even ask for. So now I know, and when I now start working with someone, I am very clear about that. And when you have those expectations set, you're not as baffled in the end sometimes by even having the typical, oh, there are no refunds kind of sentence when you are like, well, it's, this blatantly didn't work, but you signed a contract where it says there are no refunds, no question, you know, it's just the way it is. So I think that is also what I would suggest when you're working with someone, depending on what area you work, that they have had their share of experiences to know what is out there and also to help you when you are crafting something to be able to fulfill those expectations and to be very careful with your wording. You know, are you guiding or are you promising? Those are very different things. So, and if you, I, I assume that everyone who goes into business wants to be honest. So it is just important how you present yourself, how you present what you deliver. Would it be, I guess, similar to, to guiding and telling? Would that be a similar kind of a, what you're talking about there? Yes, I okay. see, yes, I really think. And that's also why I call myself a business consultant and coach. Hmm. Because yes, sometimes I will consult. Sometimes I will be able to absolutely tell you this is a strategy. This yeah. is a fact. This works. This doesn't. Yeah. And sometimes I will do coaching and it will more be into, is this what you actually want? You know, is this actually in line with your values? Um, is this doubt that you have actually valid, you know? So it's, to me, those are two completely different things. Well, it's more powerful too, if someone self realizes basically the information, if you're helping them get to that point, instead of you telling them, Hey, you have to get here instead of them understanding why they need to get there. Yes, absolutely. And also sometimes to question yeah. everything, like also even my own advice, you know, when I think it's a good idea to tell them, does this actually resonate with you? If not, we'll find a different solution. And yeah. I think that's not often done enough, especially in in this business kind of world where we tend to be a little bit more linear sometimes. And But it's, it's starting to change. I really see how people are really starting to take a step back and to actually, you know, I'm done with the blueprint. You know, I'm like, no, I don't want to be that coach anymore or I don't want to be that client. Yeah. Well, you, you brought up a couple of times about the experience, about the coach, because they've already been there. So let's dive deeper into your experience. Where where did you grow up? Where did you where were you raised? Let's get into the good stuff. <laughs> so I was raised in Luxembourg, Europe, which is a grand duchy. It's a very, very small country. Um, I was born in Colombia, but I was adopted when I was four months old to a very traditional Luxembourgish middle class academic family. So very much into, you know, high school, university, academic career, doctor, lawyer, you know, teacher, something like that. And I did that the way that you're supposed to do. And it was only when I studied in the UK, hence my, my British accent, um, that I that people were suddenly at university and they studied geography, but then they went to work in a completely different field. And I was how is that is you can do that you know, i didn't know that you were allowed to actually not have a job that is directly linked with your academic studies well so you got, in the uk right you guys choose what your basically major is at a younger yeah. age than we do in the states right you yes. choose it like 
18 or 17 or um, basically the equivalent of a, of a sophomore or junior in high school here. Yes, exactly. So in Luxembourg, it's similar. Like when you are around 17, you choose, now it's even earlier, now it's 16, you choose which area you will go into, more literate, more scientific, more mathematics, or more into economics. So you choose fairly early what your line of study is going to be. Um, which I like, but it's also very early, you know, and it puts a lot of pressure on you because you feel you have to then continue in the area. Whereas now I've realized that actually, no, you don't, you can do whatever you want, but that is still not the way of thinking over here. Like even now in high school, you're pretty much primed into going academics in that direction um, that you well, choose. I mean I don't know how you would know where you want to be or how you how you want to be that person at such a young age. That's very difficult. It's very difficult. And most of the time, it's a process of elimination. So I was terrible at mathematics. So that was just like, okay, that's gone. Then I didn't do too well with chemistry. Um, but I think it also depends on how it's taught. But the way we were taught, it was really difficult for me. So I was like, no. But I was very good at languages. I speak French, German fluently. My native tongue is, is Luxembourgish. English was the third language that I actually learned. And I also speak Spanish. So for me, it was really clear. And I loved literature as well. So it was easy for me. But sometimes it's more difficult for people who are good in pretty much everything or who are medium in everything. That can be a very, very tough choice. So most of the time we go with what we think is the safest. You know, if I do this, that is going to be safe. I'm going to get a job and I'm going to get well paid. And which is absolutely one strategy. Is it going to be fulfilling? Maybe not. And I was working when I came back. I did the traditional academics. I went into teaching. I did that for 10 years. It wasn't bad. You know, I was paid well. I had a lot of holidays. Everything went according to plan. And then I had my daughter and I realized that I actually don't want to go back to my job. I want to be my own boss. And so I ditched everything. And my parents had a heart attack. They were like, how? You have this safe job. Everything is perfect. How can you do this? You know, they were so relieved when I had this academic career. How, they didn't understand it for a long time. <laughs> how long maternity leave do you have out there? Do you have we have so three months, and okay. then I went to, back to work full time as a teacher. My husband at the time stayed home with yeah. he took parental leave, so he worked half time for a year. And I had a really good year, which was even worse because I had beautiful students. I had a great schedule. And I was like, if I don't really fully enjoy this and everything is perfect, yeah. how will this be when I have really crappy students and a really crappy schedule? Do I really want to do this the did, rest of my life? Did you only realize that when you went back or were the thoughts of not really finding enjoyment in on maternity leave? When did when did the like it start cracking in there that maybe that's not might be the right path. I think it was because in Luxembourg, you also get maternity leave before you deliver. So I think it's eight weeks before your due date, you get maternity leave, pre-maternity leave as well, which is awesome because you get paid, but you don't have to go to work. It's, it's really great. And I think that's when I had like the life, you know, <laughs> like you can decide what you do when you want to. And I was like, this would be amazing and I stumbled because I'm not I'm not a design mom it's not my zone of genius I don't like children apart from my own 
But I stumbled on a program that was baby sleep consulting because I was terrified that my baby wouldn't sleep because I was like, I want to go back to work. And I know that if I don't have sleep, I'm a horrible, horrible person. And then Facebook ads did their magic. They then showed me an ad that they were certifying sleep consultants. And I was like, this is genius because we don't have that here. And it's not a thing that existed at the time. And it still doesn't exist in Luxembourg. But even in Europe, it wasn't a thing to have sleep consultants, baby sleep consultants. I was like, this is genius. And they showed you projections of how much you could make. And suddenly I had this, this thing that this was actually a thing that is possible. Um, and that is, I think, when I couldn't let it go anymore. Just having that, you know, that image of being your own boss, doing all the things. I love the marketing idea of it, all of it. So I couldn't go back. It was literally like, I will never be, I would be even worse off when I go back. I think that made it even more aware that I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do my own thing. So, so you're getting doubts before the pregnancy. You go back, I guess, with some reluctance to go back to actual work, start having more doubts. When did you actually say, I'm going to take the dive and leave this <laughs> and go on my, my path? So good marketing on their end because they had this application where now I have to laugh. It's not an application, you know, but at the time I was like, ooh, I'm going to have an interview to see if I qualify and if I'll be selected to be one of their, you know, consultants or be trained by them. And I booked that call and I hadn't told anyone about it. And I hadn't, I was just doing it for fun, you know, just like curious and then I had that call and they were like, well, we would love to have you. And I was so honored. I have to laugh. Now back, I was really naive at the time. I had no idea. So if you're listening to this and you see this happening, it's it's not that selective. <laughs> so anyway, then I talked to my then husband because, you know, obviously this would change quite a bit. And I was like, what what are you thinking? What What is your opinion on this? And he told me, you've been really miserable for years. Like it's, you, you're managed, but you're really, really miserable when it comes to crunch time, exams and everything. So why not do it? If you decided to stay home with the kids, I would support it. You want to take time out and build a business? I will support it. You know, it, it, we're going to be fine. We're going to travel a little bit less, but we'll be fine. And he was like, I'm, I want you to be happy. You should try it, you know, give it a go. And so, yeah, that's how I was then, okay, I'll do this. And that's what I did. <laughs> and then I changed. I was a baby sleep consultant for a year because I really don't like babies. So that didn't last too long. <laughs> Do you think you, you would have transitioned to this new career, a new path if you didn't have your child? No, I don't think so. I don't think I would ever have had the idea of being my own boss. And also, this is maybe interesting entrepreneur in Luxembourgish or in French is not what we understand as an entrepreneur in the English language. An entrepreneur here in my country is someone who has a building site company, like a contractor a little bit more and oh. like big contractors for big, like huge yeah. office buildings. So when we speak about entrepreneurship, that's what we connect um, so this whole philosophy of entrepreneurship, that it can be a small business owner, that it can be online, but the whole, how should, I don't even know how to describe it. You know, being an entrepreneur is so special. I never considered it because I didn't even know what it really was and that it was an option. Mm -hmm. And 
that's why I don't think I would ever have considered it. I would have lived my life half asleep. I would describe it, you know, doing it. I'm absolutely sure I'd be doing it. I'd probably still be married, <laughs> pretty much certain I would still be. Uh, but I wouldn't be fulfilled. I wouldn't have been fulfilled. And I think a lot of people here are living that way, you know, because you have the salary, so it's safe. And, you know, you know, you, you can't really complain because of all the holidays you have, you know. So a lot of people that I talked to when I said I I was quitting, the sentence that I heard the most was, I'm, I envy you that you have the courage, which I thought was really sad, really, that so many people are unhappy where they are at. But yeah, again, no. I wouldn't have done it if through that Facebook ad, I hadn't started to dive into online business, into entrepreneurship, into mindset, all of these things that I'd never really heard about before. Um, so yeah, I, I don't believe in coincidence, serendipity, yes, even if it's a Facebook ad algorithm. <laughs> well, it sounds like you, uh, at the time you had support from your, your husband and mm -hmm. he kind of, you at least had someone in your corner, it sounds like. I mean, the other people, they were looking up to you, but you had that one person in your corner at least. Yes, or at least, I think his his approach was more, I will let you do your thing. Okay. Um, later, the issue was a little bit that I did my thing, became successful, but it didn't quite connect in terms of money-wise. When I did my first oh. 20K VIP day, when I sold that, my first one, the answer was, oh, great, you know, and I was like, <laughs> I've been working so hard towards this. So we had our issues later on as I evolved, as I changed, as you do when you run, yeah. a, business, when you run a business. But he he didn't judge me. You know, that was really, really important because you will get judged when you believe in something um, that is not the norm. So he gave me that freedom, which I'm always grateful for. Did, and you, it did sound like that you're, mother judged you a little bit oh my parents completely they had a mental breakdown like yes <laughs> they were not happy my friends were i think even now they don't understand a lot of them it's like whatever you do your little hobby like your you know it's like meantime I mean, I had a TEDx talk. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm in Forbes. I'm in Business Insider. I work with Natural Geographic. I really have a lot of accolades in the meantime. And yet still, it's it's a different world, you know. So that might be a, an important lesson for someone starting out. The support that you get is not always from where you think it will come. It was very heartbreaking, very disappointing in the beginning because they just wouldn't get it. And I found my tribe online and now also offline in people that I wouldn't have expected, you know? So it's it's a very interesting journey that is going to test your resilience a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> how do you, and I think that's something you talked about, finding your tribe, right? With how you're going forward to support you. I mean, how do you separate the family, the friends that you care for, yet maybe they don't fully believe in what you're trying to do. And sometimes it's out of protection. Yeah, they keep stay with them, but also keep their negativity, I guess, out of your head. Unfortunately, there's some. It's kind of like a divorce. Some you will just have to kind of distance yourself from. 
Um, others, you reduce contact a little bit. I mean, another thing that happened on the top is that everyone, we're all the same age, right? I was the first one to get married and the second to have kids. Now everyone is having still kids and I just, I don't want to talk about children. <laughs> it's just not yeah. my thing. So that came on top of it. So we kind of really, everyone is a little bit doing their thing. We see each other a little bit less and I'm much more selective who I decide to spend time with. Um, and sometimes it means letting friendships go, but I like to think of it for now, because honestly, I think we all grow and they will grow and we'll have different issues later. And it just gives you perspective, the wiser we become, hopefully. So sometimes for some friendships, I'm just, we put it on the back burner for now and we'll reconnect at a later point. I'm certain that that will happen. Others, I'm just like, you know, I you're not, you're not good for me. It's negative. It's toxic. And I'm just like, I'm done. You know, I'm just not going to pick up the phone and not answer this text. And then some just rekindle in a very different way, you know, and some just continue like some will just adjust and it's fine. So it's, it's, it's interesting, but it's not always easy. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm assuming in the, cause I think for, for most of us, we have doubts in any kind of path we go. So you gotta mm -hmm. almost be careful that in those low moments, you don't have the wrong support around you. Especially when something goes wrong, you know, like especially if you had a bad month, if you are literally struggling or if you made like, as we discussed before, a bad investment and you feel like an idiot already, you don't want to talk about that. And when everyone is asking, how is it going? What else are you supposed to say then? It's great, <laughs> you know? So having someone who, gets it then and you can just say you know I'm done I just don't want it anymore even though you know exactly you're going to get up and continue um having those people you know corner is 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 the best thing and it doesn't need to be a lot of them like two or three besties business besties is I think so important for your mental health really now Walk us through the transition of the marketing um, environment that you're in to, to coaching. Where where did that where did the sway come from? Where did that switch come from? How did that work out? So when I switched from baby sleep to adult sleep, because again, not I have not because I have sleep issues, but before because it was the smart thing to do. It was in 2016. Ariana Huffington had just written um, the Sleep Revolution and had this massive PR train with tons of money behind it. And I was thinking, well, this would be perfect for me to launch my adult sleep business because obviously not everyone can talk to Ariana Huffington, but they can talk to me. And that is what kind of happened. So it really snowballed very quickly through PR because everyone wanted to talk to a sleep expert. Mm -hmm. So that's how I built my company. But then I didn't really, I don't want to say I didn't enjoy it because my clients were always nice, but I knew that it wasn't fulfilling to work with insomniacs. It was just, it was okay. So after four years, I decided to, I was at a mastermind actually um, with other ladies who have online businesses. And one of them, I told her about it. She was like, well, why don't you franchise it? Or why don't you sell it? And I, it's a concept I had never it had never crossed my mind. And so I came back from that mastermind retreat and that was it. I decided to get a team who would take over my clients and I would just do marketing and the CEO kind of thing. So we went to Bali. I had eight people that I took to Bali with me where I trained them. 
and each of them had their own thing going on through Sleep Like a Boss. So they had their own business and it still works that way, like a franchise. And I really, really discovered that I loved the business stuff and teaching them how they could, you know, work their business, how to get clients their way was really fulfilling. And I knew this is what I want to do. I'm really good at it. I love this. I don't think it will ever end that I'm loving this thing. So um, then I had a year where with a friend, we had a business mastermind for a year, 12 month business mastermind. So I hadn't had my own business, but I was doing that which again, just confirmed. I was like, okay, I can legitimately do this. And so that was why I then started Christine Means Business. Um, so it's fairly young in terms of the business existence, even though I've been doing it for years and years and years. And really seeing things going into, you know, strategically going into paid groups of huge courses and seeing how new people struggle with different things. I'm like, no. This is my purpose. Like I really, if I can avoid heartache for anyone or giving up on their dream because of a bad choice in the beginning, then that's my passion, you know. Do you remember when, when you made the path to coaching and you go, this is my focus financially, there's no going back. Do you remember, was there a moment of time or <laughs> organically or what happened there? I honestly think ever since I started, I knew that I wanted to, to make a lot of money. Like I never, and I don't say that's a bad thing, but I never did it just to help others. <laughs> that might sound really selfish, but no. it's, I'm really one, someone who believes in the, for me, for you, for us philosophy, you know, and it's like, and I always structured my businesses that way. How can I make the most money serving a lot, but also why working the least amount possible. So um, that has always become clearer and clearer and clearer. And it's how I I also positioned myself from the beginning as a little bit more high end and bespoke rather than for the masses. It's always been that way. I never really had an issue with that. Um, I like my life, my luxury life. I, I only travel business class, really long flights. There's no way that I'll be in coach for more than four hours. That's just not happening. So that is what I want. That is who I am. And I think that's also what helped me to strategize that way. And I work with people who want and who already are that way. I call it coding before that life because you already live it before it's necessarily there, but you just know. Um, so that has, that was really organic for me so i never had that imposter syndrome as in i'm charging too much that never happened really like i was always really confident in what what i did so the word you use is coding yeah i always say i'm coding for seven figures okay like that yeah i mean there's an idea uh that i learned a while back your financial thermostat you basically make what you feel you're kind of worth i guess i guess it's a similar idea you're yeah you're uh programming yourself that you're worth this much. That's kind of how it bounced out. No, I, yeah, great idea. Um, now, as you've done the coaching, where does most of your, your business come from? Is it word of mouth, from your TED Talks? I mean, where does that usually come from? Most of it is, it really depends. Um, most of it is through collaborations. So I work with other companies where I teach, uh, a lot of SaaS companies or software companies who have an app or a software or, you know, um, hosting sites and their clients are coaches or health professionals or creatives. And they obviously they want them to use their products and their platforms, 
but they also obviously want them to be successful so that they can afford it. So I love those collaborations because that way I get in front of their clients, of their tribe already. So I don't have to look for each and every single client. And that's how I get most of my clients. Collaborations for sure. Podcasts, hello, <laughs> is another one. Because <laughs> I honestly think when you talk, and especially with video, which we're doing, you just know if you like someone or if you don't. And that's how I convert the best way. And then I do my regular, you know, work to be Google friendly. I have content uploaded every two weeks on my website that is serving. Is it working as quickly? No, I'm still getting my backlinks from different sites. I'm now published on Entrepreneur, so I'm getting those. And I know that will just take a little bit more time. Where I don't get too many clients is social media. And I have to say, I don't spend too much time on it either, which might be one of the reasons why, but that's my personal choice. Um, so that is how. And then word of mouth as well, out of the blue, very often. Like yeah. I've seen you three years ago, or you know, even when you didn't do this, I liked your previous business. I have this in mind now. Can you help me with that? So yeah, I don't think I have one single channels, but if I would have to say two, it's collaborations and podcasts for sure. I mean, you've brought up the idea that when you transitioned over to this this career, it was having the support system, or I guess not a full support system uh, around you. I mean, what other, and maybe that is it, what's, what's been some of the bigger hurdles of transitioning into this role, into this person, into this business company? Do you mean in entrepreneurship in general or my, or, or Christine? Your, your life, your, your entrepreneurship. I mean, um, yeah. Oh my, I think probably literally always having a coach <laughs> who can help you get out of the void. Um, I think we all get, you have light or you have, you're below and you have the void. And one of the questions that I love asking my clients and also myself is who are you when you are in that void? Because you have a choice. Do you let yourself being drowned or do you manage to have your roots grow up and then being pulled up again and grow? And I don't think you can do it alone. So I was never alone. I always had a coach or I was in a program, in a mastermind or a group program. Um, and I always had one person who I would connect with more regularly, either on Messenger, now it's Voxer. So I think be mindful not to be on your own too much you know having someone or something around you now i'm a little bit more picky um last year when the pandemic was i didn't have a coach i didn't have a program and i didn't want to i literally needed some time where i could just be everything was on autopilot i did my sleep like a boss thing and i had my mastermind and i just didn't do much else i needed that hibernation kind of break now I'm working with two coaches again, you know, so it's it's different. I'm connecting with people here and there again. So I think you go in phases. But when you know, especially in the beginning when it's difficult, I would really be mindful to know that you always have some support somewhere. You, you've brought up a couple of times the idea that you, you, you take the nuggets away from one coach and then you go to another coach and maybe you have multiple coaches at the same time. When do you... Is there a time? Is there a feeling? When do you know that you've gotten all like the the stuff out of this coach and they've taken you so far? You need to go find another coach, or what does that look like? I think it's a, it's really a feeling. Like when I'm done with someone, and I just finished working with someone for six months, or before last year, the last I had one 
for two years, I actually worked with that coach. And it was just fun. I would always learn something new. I would look forward to our accountability calls. And after that, I was like, mm, I need different ideas now. You know, I've done this. I tried this and it's working, but it's not entirely me yet. So then I worked with someone who was a little bit more spiritual and crazy and no kinds and which was refreshing too. But I had enough after six months, you know, and the other one who I worked with at the same time, I'm still working with because I know that we get sprints down very well on strategy and because they have a certain business, I know that that works really well. Plus we can combine personal development in that too. So I really think it's a gut feeling most of the time, whether you choose to renew or not. Um, and yeah, you just, I don't want to say I outgrow them at all. It's just that you learn what you can. You see, it's getting a little bit repetitive. I'm not as inspired or motivated after our sessions. And then it's just time to, to move on or to have a break. If, if you could talk to your younger self, that person that just got out of uni, can I say uni, right? University. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what kind of advice would you give that person? Ah, uh, it's, you know, <laughs> when I came back from uni, I was convinced that was in June. I was convinced that I'd be back in London in February um, because there's you have to qualify to become a teacher here. And I was convinced I would totally fail those exams. And then I didn't. And I was like, crap. Um, now, the question is, would I have ended up here if I had stayed from the beginning in London. If I had tried something completely different, I don't know. So I think what I would tell myself now is whatever you do, be kind to yourself. And also we don't know how long we are alive, you know, just do what you won't regret. Um, and don't be afraid of your mortality. I think that's also a really, really big piece in terms of just, you know, that your energy will live on, you do your best while you're here, but it's important that while you're here, no regrets, like being in integrity with yourself instead of maybe pleasing others. That is, I think what I would definitely tell myself. No, I, I think it's, I think it's great. I forgot to, who the philosopher was, but talked about the idea of the lake of mortality, I think it is. And you want to <laughs> dip yourself in there, know you're going to die, but don't stand there too long because then you're not going to do anything for the future, but you always <laughs> want to, Dip yourself in there every once in a while just to make sure you're on the right path. So now, yes, yeah. Um, if we were talking, let's say in five years from now, where were you going to be? Where's your company going to be? <laughs> on the one hand, I have no idea because I know myself. I am like, and I'm not. I'm very. I'm a generator. I'm like this, and then that, and I go very much where energy pulls me and my interest. But one thing that I do know that I'm doing right now is that I'm curating travel experiences for entrepreneurs. So seasoned entrepreneurs. So we're not talking websites or opt-ins or anything like that. So people who have been in business for a while. And I curate experiences where we travel together, where we do five-star travel retreats, really seeing the countries where we go, the places where we go and talking business when we feel like it and you know, coaching each other, growing together. That is going to be the pillar piece of my business. You know, that running those six times a year with awesome people, having a tribe that will come back and back again and just this beautiful thing. That's going to be my business for sure. And that's basically everything I need to make a decent income. Everything else is going to be a cherry on top, whether that is going to be a new course or still working with one-on-one -on -one clients if I feel like it. 
but that curation of those experiences is going to be for sure. And I don't think that will ever stop because it's, I love that stuff. It's, it's just what I live and breathe for. So that I think is never going to stop. That will just be there. But it's it's not an official thing. Like it doesn't have a website. It doesn't have a sales page. It's a very much breathing, living, organic, its own kind of thing. So what what is that? I mean, so it's a, a brainstorming mastermind travel trip or what does it look like? Kind of, yes. So it's a group. It's always eight people maximum, right? And next year we're going to Namibia and then there's another one in Bali. And everything is organized. You know, we're going on safari, we're going to different locations. And it's not that I'm a coach at all. I call myself more of a facilitator. So we'll, there are different topics we'll talk about. But instead of saying, what is the marketing strategies? It's more about how is team growth growing? How is your own growth growing? How is your scaling going? You know, what are, it's just a different level of discussion. Um, and it's very organic, you know, because the best conversation you have when you travel is having breakfast together or, you know, in your taxi, going from the airport to the hotel. That's where these magical conversations happen. So I really want to curate that. But it's not going to be here's your workbook and we're going to be in a conference room the whole day, like not at all. It's about seeing that the world is around, seeing that there are things that you've never seen before, tasting foods that you've never tasted before, smelling things you've never smelled before. I think that brings you, there's science to this, that that brings you into a certain mindset. And then having those conversations, it's just really, really, really powerful. So I call it a travel experience because I didn't want to call it a retreat. I didn't really want to call it a mastermind. So I just call it experience for lack of a better word. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm so intrigued by that. I find that when you put yourself in another co culture, another country, another culture, you find out about more about who you are. And then this kind of twist you put on there that allows you to find more about who you are, but also about more about your your business, your your growth. So, I mean, I'm going to ask you uh, one more, just one more question. I'm kind of very intrigued by. It. It, is it? Do you give a topic uh, at the like each day, at the beginning of each day, and then is there like a kind of a dinner i guess you guys yes. go over what you kind of found out or figured out or every day has like a subject okay. and then it's you know we discuss it as we go along sometimes there will be some time where we'll just have time off and we'll just do maybe a meditation together or just journal together and see what comes out mm -hmm. um and you have the best discussions that way like sitting around the pool together or you know, in Namibia, you have these amazing landscapes. I don't know if you, you have to Google it. It's, it's You have these charred trees. They're pitch black because they're coal. They're, they're super old. And just being there, seeing that, talking about not just good things, but maybe, okay, what can we let go? Um, lessons learned. It's just so, so, so powerful. So there will be topics being with what we experience in some different days but not in a too restrained kind of framework. It's just, it's mainly supposed to happen organically and to learn from each other. And it's also not just online business. You have brick and mortar as well. Because I think you feel sometimes separating the two is not too helpful because we can learn so much from each other, you know? So that's really what I enjoy too, having someone who has a huge, I don't know, a, a, a franchise of lots of different stores maybe or you know how do they do their thing we can learn so much from each other so that is just but i think everyone who is an entrepreneur is a little bit different you know so we all have a little thing that makes us different so having that all connected it's just this alchemy of 
of gorgeousness and talking money, you know, unapologetic about money. Where can you do that? So that's going to be awesome. <laughs> we, we see the same problem in a different light. Yes. <laughs> so it's, no, I think it's great. Well, enough. If someone's listening right now and they, they love the ideas you're throwing out there, they love your story, and they want to kind of hear more about maybe taking signing up for one of these trips or signing up for when you're coaching or anything, what's the best way of them reaching out to you? The easiest thing is also always to go to my website. It's christinemeansbusiness.com. And then you can reach out either to the contact form or you can find me on social media through there. The links are all there. But christinemeansbusiness.com is the easiest thing. You won't find information on travel, but if you write me an email and you tell me, you know, I heard you on the Road to Growth podcast, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> Thank you very much, Christine, for being here. Uh, hopefully everyone listening got some great nuggets. Um, and yeah, no, I'm very intrigued by that, the whole thing. So I'll definitely be looking at <laughs> You're that. welcome to join. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you, Christine, again. Please subscribe, please share, and follow us, Christine. All our information will be in the show notes. Have a great one, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.